Al-Bashir, your source of Islamic literature, presents the lives of the prophets, part two. Alhamdulillah, salatu wassalam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu, nasta'inuhu, nasta'afiruhu, nasta'adihu, wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdihi Allahu falamudullalah, wa man yudlil falahadiyalah, wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah, wa ashadu anna muhammadan rasulullah, amma ba'd. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whom without him no good could happen. And all blessings are from him. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we say alhamdulillah and then alhamdulillah and then alhamdulillah who made it possible for us to worship him. If it wasn't for him allowing us and assisting us to do so, we wouldn't have been able to make one tasbihah or one tahleelah or one takbirah, or one rak'ah, or to fast one day. It is all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his tawfiq and assistance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Musa and Bani Israel from the strongest man and regime and army and nation on the face of the earth. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's nothing that is a superpower. There is no one who is strong. There is no government that is powerful. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are all under Him and they are all His servants. And for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with kun fayakun, everything is created or anything can be destroyed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We saved you from Fir'aun and his people. Blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Banu Israel saw the miracle of Allah in front of their own eyes. They saw the sea split into two portions which seemed like mountains. And then they saw Fir'aun and his army drowning. And they saw how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala delivered them to safety. What was the first thing they did when they reached to safety? Banu Israel, the first thing they did when they were with Musa, when they were traveling into a new land, finally they are in freedom now, released from the servitude of Fir'aun. Banu Israel saw some men worshipping some idols. They went to Musa and they said, اِجْعَلْ لَنَا إِلَهًا كَمَا لَهُمْ آلِهَةً they said, O oh Musa, can you create for us or make for us a god like they have gods? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَجَاوَزْنَا بِبَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ الْبَحْرَ فَأَتَوْا عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ يَعْكُفُونَ عَلَىٰ أَصْنَامٍ لَهُمْ قالوا يا موسى جعل لنا إلها كما لهم آلهة. And we brought the children of Israel with safety across the sea, and they came upon a people devoted to some of their idols and worship. They said, O Moses, make for us a god as they have gods. سبحان الله العظيم. You just came out from Egypt. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved you and you saw the miracles of Allah with your own eyes. You saw the miracles of Allah assisting Musa and assisting you and you were helpless and you couldn't do anything for yourselves. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala performs these miracles in front of your own eyes and then you ask Musa to create for you a God like they have gods. Banu Israel, they knew about Allah and they believed in Allah. Don't understand this wrong. Don't think that the Banu Israel wanted to replace their religion with something else. No. They believed in Allah. And they knew that Allah is the one who helped them and assisted them. But when they saw what the other people are doing, they wanted to have something similar to them. They are not satisfied with what they had. They have an inferiority complex. So they think that these gods are going to bring them closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or something. Ibn Khaldun says something interesting. He says that always weak nations imitate the strong nations. The weak imitates the strong. 
Banu Israel were weak in Egypt. And they came out of Egypt. Now they are in freedom, but they are still thinking with the weak mentality. So they always think that the others have something better than them. And you find among the Muslims who are weak today, those of them who are not proud with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them, they're always trying to find ways to imitate the others. And who are they imitating? They're imitating the West, because the West is strong. So you find that the Muslim wants to look like the non-believers. He wants to act like the non-believers. He wants to celebrate like the non-believers. He wants to do everything the way the non-believers are acting. One of the prominent priests of the Catholic Church in Italy. So this priest wrote a letter to the Pope. In that letter he said, if you would just see the state of our Christian men. He was talking about Al-Fursan. These are the knights. The Christian church used to send these knights to raid the Muslim world. They would go to the Holy Land and and these were very powerful, small bands of horsemen. And then they would dispatch them to the Muslim world to cause corruption. And by the way, not only were they causing corruption on land, but it also happened in the sea. Do you know who the pirates, what are the pirates, how were the pirates founded, and do you know who they were fighting? Piracy, the whole issue of piracy and pirates in the sea, which we see a lot of cartoons and movies about, it was started and invented to fight the Muslims in the Mediterranean Sea. That is how piracy started, because the Mediterranean Sea was an Islamic sea for a very long time, with Al-Abbasiyin and then Al-Uthmaniyin was the power in the Mediterranean Sea. So these pirates would go and they would raid the Muslim uh, uh, merchants who are traveling in the Mediterranean Sea. Anyway, so this priest wrote a letter to the Pope. He said, if you would see how our men try to dress like the Muslims and they learn Arabic and they write poetry of romance and love in Arabic better than the Arabs. Because the Muslims in that time were strong, so you find that the weak is always trying to imitate the strong, and now things reversed. So you have now the Muslim is trying to imitate the ones who are strong. But the Muslim should always believe that the strength is from Allah, and the honor belongs to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, All honor belongs to Allah, and His Messenger, and to the believers. What we are going through now is a temporary state, it is not permanent. So Bani Israel are still thinking with that inferior, weak mentality. So they said, This action in itself, is it a sin or is it kufr? It is kufr. It is disbelief. When you're asking for a God besides Allah, that is kufr. But what did Musa tell them? Did he say, you are non-believers, you are kuffar? No, he didn't. He said, you are people who are ignorant. So he excused them with their ignorance, but he taught them, and whoever refuses after they receive the message, then that is disbelief. So Musa now is teaching them, he said, You are people who are ignorant. And then he told them, Verily, these people will be destroyed for that which they engaged in, and all that they are doing is in vain. These people don't think that they're strong, don't think that they're powerful, they are going to be destroyed. What they're doing is wrong. He said, shall I seek for you a God other than Allah, while he has given you superiority over mankind. Musa is telling Bani Israel that Allah has chosen you. They were the chosen people of Allah. They were the nation whom Allah chose. Even though up till that moment, they were still weak and they didn't have any khilaf and they didn't have any nation and they didn't have any power. Nevertheless, they were still the best. And the Muslims need to read the ayah and Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kuntum للناس. You were the best nation produced for mankind. You were the best nation that was brought forth for humanity. So even if we are in a slump, 
in a weak moment, we should still understand and realize that we have what can make us the best and the chosen people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Musa is telling Bani Israel that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you superiority over mankind. He has chosen you. Musa and Bani Israel left Egypt and they were promised the Holy Land, Jerusalem and the land surrounding it. So Musa and Bani Israel are traveling toward that direction. They arrived next to Jerusalem. Musa told his people, let's attack. Here is Jerusalem, we can see it with our own eyes. Let's attack. In that time, there, it was ruled by Al-Amaliq, a certain disbelieving nation. They were the rulers of the Holy Land. And Musa told Bani Israel, Allah has promised you with this land. So let's attack. وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ يَا قَوْمِ اذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ جَعَلَ فِيكُمْ أَنْبِيَاءَ وَجَعَلَكُمْ مُلُوكًا وَآتَاكُمْ وَآتَاكُمْ مَا لَمْ يُؤْتِ أَحَدًا مِنَ الْعَالَمِينَ يَا قَوْمِ دَخُلُوا الْأَرْضَ الْمُقَدَّسَةَ الَّتِي كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَلَا تَرْتَدُّوا عَلَى أَدْبَارِكُمْ وَلَا تَرْتَدُّوا عَلَى أَدْبَارِكُمْ فَتَنْقَلِبُوا خَاسِرِينَ Oh my people enter the holy land which Allah has assigned to you do not turn back in fighting. Al-firaru min al-zahf, turning your back in the battle, is one of the major sins in Islam. Rasulullah has counted in one hadith seven major sins. One of them is al-firaru min al-zahf, turning your back to the battlefield and running away. It's a major sin, and the ulama say that doing that can destroy your deeds, can destroy them, Des- destroy all what you have done. Tuhbit al-amal. And Musa is telling his people, وَلَا تَرْتَدُّوا Do not turn your back in fighting. فَتَنْقَلِبُوا خَاسِرِينَ Then you will be returned as losers. If you turn your back away, you will return as losers. Not only did Bani Israel turn their back to their enemy, they refused to fight to start with. It wasn't a matter of turning your back in the battlefield. They said, we are not going to fight, period. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَالُوا يَا مُوسَىٰ إِنَّ فِيهَا قَوْمًا جَبَّارِينَ وَإِنَّا لَن نَدْخُلَهَا حَتَّى يَخْرُجُوا مِنْهَا وَإِنَّا لَن نَدْخُلَهَا حَتَّى يَخْرُجُوا مِنْهَا فَإِن يَخْرُجُوا مِنْهَا فَإِنَّا دَاخِلُونَ They said, O oh Musa, in it are a people of great strength. So what if there are people of great strength? They said, and we shall never enter it till they leave it. When they leave, then we will enter Look at this. They said that the people in there are powerful and strong. They said they're powerful and strong. So we're not going to get in there until these people leave. How do you think people who are powerful and strong are going to vacate it for you? You already said that they are powerful and strong. Do you accept, expect them to walk out until you come on in? You already said that these are people who are strong. But this is the negative, passive, Stands of people who are humiliated, they want victory without paying the price. Let them leave and then we're going to walk in. We want the victory, we want the Holy Land, but we don't want to fight, we don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to pay any wealth, we don't want to give our souls, we don't want to put any effort, we want to go in there in an effortless fashion. Let them leave first and then we're going to walk in. But there is still some good among them, so two men came ahead. قَالَ رَجُلَانِ مِنَ الَّذِينَ يَخَافُونَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمَ دَخُلُوا عَلَيْهِمُ الْبَابَ فَإِذَا دَخَلْتُمُوهُ فَإِنَّكُمْ غَالِبُونَ 
Two men of those who feared Allah, on whom Allah had bestowed His grace, said, Assault them through the gate, for when you are in, victory will be yours. They said, You attack them, open up the gate, and that will be enough to defeat the enemy. Does this mean that it's a miracle? They just have to break in the gate and the enemy will leave? Or does it mean that if you break in the gate, the enemy will immediately lose? Allahu alam. But these two men told them, enter the gate and if you enter the gate, you will win. That's all what you need to do. Just open up that gate and walk in. So these two men are willing to fight. They're willing to go in and fight. And they're encouraging their people to fight. What quality did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describe these two men with? What quality do these two men have? Fear. Yakhafun. Qala rajulan. Yakhafun. They fear. This is a very important thing to notice that you cannot fight the enemy unless you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than you fear the enemy. You have to have khashya of Allah. You cannot face the enemy because as a human being, you have natural fear. You have natural fear from death. But if you have the fear of Allah and you are afraid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than you are afraid of the creation, then nothing can stand in front of you. And that's why the mujahideen in the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nothing can stand in front of them. Nothing. Because nothing can put fear in their hearts. They have no fear of the creation. The creation can present a bigger army. They can present stronger weapons. But they can never put in their hearts fear more than the fear of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَتَخْشَوْنَهُمْ فَاللَّهُ أَحَقُّ أَن Do you fear them? You need to fear Allah. Allah is the one whom should be feared. We should not fear the creation. And that's why the, the, the men of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who have the khashya, nothing can, can shake their hearts. Al-Az bin Abdul Salam, when he walked into the, and met with the leader of the Tatar, an emperor who was powerful, mighty, leader, Al-Az bin Abdul Salam walked in to meet with him, and this man was famous with power. He was a, a bloodthirsty leader from Al-Maghul, who attacked the Muslim world and was destroying everything that he would see. In Baghdad, they sacked it and they killed two million. Al-Az ibn Abd salam went with his students in to meet with this leader of a Tatar. So he started speaking to him, and then he started raising his voice and pointing his finger in his face and threatening him with hellfire and threatening him with the punishment of Allah and making dua against him. The students who came with Al-Az ibn Salam started wrapping up their clothes. Why? They were waiting for the sword to cut his head and blood to splash all over the place. So they were wrapping up their clothes so that the blood will not splash on them. When they walked out, they went to Al-Az ibn Salam and said, What were you doing? How were you able to do that? He said, When I imagined the greatness of Allah in front of my eyes, then this man became smaller than a cat. When I imagined the greatness of Allah, this man, this mighty, powerful, military general, became smaller than a cat. That is the khashya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these two men said, just break the door open, and they're going to lose. And they said, and put your trust in Allah if you are believers indeed. What was the response of Bani Israel after they heard the order from Musa, and they heard the advice from these two men? They said, قَالُوا يَا مُوسَىٰ إِنَّا لَن نَدْخُلَهَا أَبَدًا مَا دَامُوا فِيهَا Oh Musa, we shall never enter it as long as they are there. We're not going to go in, period. Don't try. Neither will your order work, nor will the advice do any good. We're not going to go in. And then look at what they said. فَذْهَبْ أَنْتَ وَرَبُّكَ فَقَاتِلَا إِنَّا هُنَا قَاعِدُونَ Go and fight with your Lord. We are sitting right here. Qa'idun means sitting down. Look at the passiveness. Sitting down. That is the state of many of us. I want you throughout the period of the story of Musa and Bani Israel. Now we're finished with Musa and Fir'aun. We're done with Musa and Fir'aun. You're not going to hear about Fir'aun anymore. Now we're talking about Musa and Bani Israel. From now on, I want you to always think about our situation, comparing it with the story of Bani Israel, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not mention to us those stories in Quran for historical purposes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning for us those stories because we are going to fall in the same traps, but we have the guidance that will save us out of it. That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us these stories. Bani Israel, they fell in those traps and they couldn't get out. 
and they became al-maghdubi alayhim. But this ummah will commit the same mistakes. But because of the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a group of them will always be on the right path. So we want to learn about this for our own benefit. They said we're going to sit down. We're not going to do anything. We're going to sit down here and Palestine is going to be freed. The problems of the Muslims around the world are going to be taken care of. As if we are saying that the problems we are living through now are caused by our fathers and our children are going to solve them. And we don't want to do anything. Or waiting for the Mahdi to come. This is a state of passiveness. Qa'idun means sitting down. They're not doing anything. But they want Musa to go and fight with his Lord. He, he's your Lord. He has promised you. He's going to do you good. Go with him and fight. Compare this with the Sahaba of Rasulullah in the Battle of Badr. When Rasulullah said, Ashiru nas, give me your opinion. Shall we fight the enemy or not? Al-Maghdad ibn Aswad stood up and said, We are not going to say like what the children of Israel have said, go and fight with your Lord, but we are going to say, go and fight with your Lord, we are going to fight with you. Musa is one step away from Jerusalem, the promise of Allah, which he has been waiting for for years. Musa is almost there. He got it. He was freed from Egypt. Fir'aun was destroyed. And now they are on the gates of Jerusalem. He can see it with his own eyes. He can see the promise of Allah right in front of him. And in that critical moment, Bani Israel betrayed him. It was a grim moment for Sayyidina Musa salam. Sayyidina Musa, after that, he raised his hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and said, Qala Rabbi inni la amliku illa nafsi wa akhi fafruq baynana wa bayna al-qawmin fasiqeen. He, Moses, said, O oh my Lord, I have power only over myself and my brother, so separate us from the people who are rebellious. I have no control over these people. I have control only on myself and my brother. All of these are not doing me anything. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, please separate me from the people who are rebellious. Because he saw that this nation who he served, and he brought them and he delivered them to safety now, and when they're one step away from Jerusalem, they betrayed him and they refused to enter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has punished many Israel because of that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَالَ فَإِنَّهَا مُحَرَّمَةٌ عَلَيْهِمْ أَرْبَعِينَ سَنَةٌ يَتِيهُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ Allah said, therefore, the Holy Land is forbidden to them for 40 years. In distraction, they will wander through the land. فَلَا تَأْسَ عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الْفَاسِقِينَ So be not sorrowful over the people who are disobedient. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them wander in the desert for 40 years because of this sin of refusing to fight in the sake of Allah. So they were in a small area, Sina. And they were going around in circles trying to find the way out in a very small area. Sina is not very big. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them lose directions. So they were going in circles traveling in Sina for 40 years. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to meet Musa. And he gave an appointment with Musa to meet him after 30 days. He said, after 30 days, we meet in the holy place next to At-Tur, next to the mountain. And we appointed for Musa 30 nights. Musa was in a hurry to meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so he went early. The Mufassirin say that what happened was that Musa was commanded to fast for 30 days because fasting is purification. So Musa will go through a period of purification for 30 days before he meets with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah, fasting is a purification. Tazkiyah, it is a purification for us. So Musa went through that period of purification for 30 days. Because of the smell, and this is something that some of the Mufassirin say, because of the smell of his mouth, which is natural due to the hunger, Musa used miswak to change that smell. And he went to meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah told him, Oh Musa, don't you know that I love the smell of the mouth of the person who's fasting more than, I, more than I love the smell of musk? Go and fast for another 10 days. They say that's the reason why. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and we added 10 days to it. So the total was 40 days. During that period, completely, during those 40 days, Musa was fasting. And we appointed for Musa 30 nights and added to the period 10 more. And he completed the term appointed by his Lord of 40 nights. Musa told his brother, وَقَالَ مُوسَى لِأَخِيهِ هَارُونَ خُلُفْنِي فِي قَوْمِي وَأَصْلِحْ وَلَا تَتَّبِعْ سَبِيلَ الْمُفْسِدِينَ Musa told his brother, replace me among my people, act in the right way, and follow not the way of the mischief makers. So the leader of Bani Israel left, he has to appoint somebody else to lead them, and the best was the Nabi Harun. But then Musa went to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, وَلَمَّا جَاءَ مُوسَى لِمِيقَاتِنَا And when Musa came at the time and place appointed by us, وَكَلَّمَهُ رَبُّهُ And his Lord spoke to him. Musa went to speak with Allah. So Musa is Kalimullah, the one whom Allah spoke with. And Kalim means Allah spoke with him many times. It's not once or twice, many times. Musa now reached to the level where Allah is speaking with him. Musa wanted to get one step higher. He wanted to see Allah. So he said, رَبِّ أَرِنِي أَنظُرْ إِلَيْكَ O my Lord, show me yourself, that I may look upon you. Did Musa say this because he is in doubt? No. He said it because he wants to achieve that high status and to enjoy the pleasure of seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the greatest pleasure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa, Lantarani, you cannot see me. You cannot see me. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa, Look at the mountain, and I'm going to reveal myself to the mountain. Allah wants to show him a proof that he cannot see Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to show himself to the mountain and Musa is staring at the mountain. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed himself to the mountain and Ibn Abbas says Allah only revealed part of himself. The mountain was destroyed and crushed down and turned into dust. The mountain could not stand the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the mountain was crushed and destroyed and vanished. It completely fasakh al-jabal. It just went down in the earth because of humbleness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and broke into pieces of dirt, sand. Musa, when he saw the mountain, what happened to him? Musa fell down in a state of shock, unconscious. Musa fell unconscious because of the shock by just staring at the mountain. What would happen to him if he was staring at Allah? This was the reaction of Musa when he saw the mountain. What would have happened to him if he had seen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَمَّا تَجَلَّى رَبُّهُ لِلْجَبَلِ جَعَلَهُ مُوسَى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you cannot see me, but look upon the mountain. If it stands still in its place, then you shall see me. So when his Lord appeared to the mountain, he said he made it collapse to dust, and Musa fell down unconscious. And then Musa said, Musa said, Glory be to you, I turn to you in repentance, and I am the first of the believers. Did anybody see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in dunya? No one. No one has seen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his eyes. But Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has seen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his dunya, in dunya, but not with his eyes. He saw him with his heart. Now what does it mean that you see Allah with your heart? When you're dreaming, your eyes are closed. But you can still see and hear. When you dream about things, you see things, you hear things. So some of the scholars say that Rasulullah has been able to see Allah in dunya with his heart but not with his eyes. In akhirah, can anybody see Allah? Who are the ones who will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Al-Mu'minun, the believers in Jannah. The ones who are in the lower levels of Jannah, they would see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every Jum'ah. In the time of Salat al-Jum'ah, the people of Jannah will go to a certain meeting place 
and their seats will be reserved ahead of time. That's in the hadith. You can't just go and pick a spot and sit. You have the leisure to do that in the masjid. You can come and pick a spot. But there in Jannah you cannot. The seats are already reserved. And on what basis are they reserved? How close you are to the khatib and jama'ah. That's in the hadith. The seats, the closer you were to the imam in Salat al-Jama'ah, the closer you are going to be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on those meetings on Jama'ah. So here in dunya, you can come and pick that spot. The earlier you come, the better spot and the closer spot you'll get. So you have the freedom of choosing this place when you are in dunya. But in akhirah, that's it, it's reserved. And the ones who used to sit in the first saf, they are the ones who will receive the first saf, the first line in Jannah. That is for the lower ranks of Jannah. And then the people of Firdaus, the higher levels, they would see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala twice a day. That is for the people of the higher levels of Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we have mentioned earlier, has punished Bani Israel because of their refusal to enter into the Holy Land with wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, at Tih. It was a punishment from Allah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very merciful and forgiving. So even though it was a punishment for them, they were asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah was accepting their dua. They wanted food, they wanted water, they wanted shade, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was providing for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَظَلَّلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْغَمَامِ وَأَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَنَّ وَالسَّلْوَىٰ كُلُّ مِنْ طَيِّبَاتِ مَا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And we shaded you with clouds and sent down on you al-man and al-salwa. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided them with clouds. That is the shade. To protect them from the sun. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided, provided them with food and drink. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided for them shade and provided for them al-man wa-salwa. Al-man wa-salwa. The Mufassirin have tried to explain what it is exactly, but it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to something special Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent for them. Some of them said that al-man and the salwa, al-man is some kind of extracts that come out from trees and it tastes like honey. And some of them uh, have mentioned that it is honey. As-salwa, most of the Mufassirin say it's a bird. Even though Bani Israel were going through a stage of punishment, because this was supposed to be a punishment for them, why? Because they refused to enter into Al-Ard Al-Muqaddasa. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yatubu ala ta'ibin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts the repentance of the ones who repent. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the human beings many chances. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, given, has sent to Fir'aun nine ayat. Tis'i ayat. One ayah after another giving Fir'aun a chance, but in the end, when Fir'aun refused to accept any of them, then the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came. And when the punishment of Allah comes down, nothing can release it. So with Bani Israel, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided them with this food. Al-man wa salwa is the food. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided them with the shade. What else do they need? They need water. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And remember when Musa asked for water for his people. The people came and asked Musa, we want water. So... Musa made istisqa. He asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give them water. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذِ اسْتَسْقَى مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ فَقُلْنَا اضْرِبْ بِعَصَاكَ الْحَجَرَ فَانْفَجَرَتْ مِنْهُ اثْنَتَا عَشْرَةَ عَيْنًا قَدْ عَلِمَ كُلُّ أُنَاسٍ مَشْرَبَهُمْ كُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا مِنْ رِزْقِ اللَّهِ وَلَا تَعْثَوْ فِي الْأَرْضِ مُفْسِدِينَ And Musa asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to provide the Bani Israel with water. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa, hit the stone with your stick. Twelve springs of water are going to gush forth. For every tribe of Bani Israel, they have their own spring. So the stick that Musa had, remember a long time ago, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa, وَمَا تِلْكَ بِيَمِينِكَ Musa." What's in your hand, Musa? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the stick more than Musa. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided for Bani Israel the food, al-man wa-salwa, and the shade, وَظَلْنَلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْغَمَامِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also provided for them the water. Bani Israel, they 
went to Musa. To make, they asked Musa to make dua for them. What did they want? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قُلْتُمْ يَا مُوسَىٰ لَن نَصْبِرَ عَلَىٰ طَعَامٍ وَاحِدٍ فَادْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ يُخْرِجْ لَنَا مِمَّا تُنْبِتُ الْأَرْضُ مِنْ بَقْلِهَا فَادْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ يُخْرِجْ لَنَا مِمَّا تُنْبِتُ الْأَرْضُ مِنْ بَقْلِهَا وَقِثَّائِهَا وَفُومِهَا وَعَدَسِهَا وَبَصَلِهَا Bani Israel, they went to Musa and remember when you said, O oh Musa, we cannot endure one kind of food. So invoke your Lord for us to bring forth for us of what the earth grows, its herbs, its cucumbers, its foom, which is either wheat or garlic, its lentils, and its onions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided them with al-man wa salwa, special food from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Bani Israel. They went to Musa and they said, O oh Musa, tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we cannot endure having one type of food. We want to have more variety in the menu. And they asked for lentils, Onions, garlic, and herbs, and other stuff that grows from the earth. Vegetarians. All the stuff they want are some kind of plants that come out from the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is providing them with the best meat, special meat. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is providing them with this special food, which is al-man. We don't even know what it is. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving them this as a blessing and as a miracle. It's a miracle and at the same time it's a blessing for them. They went to Musa and they saw, said we got tired of eating the same type of food. We want to have more variety. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to provide us with other stuff, other kinds of food. Keep in mind that the issue here is not the particular types of food. The issue here is not uh, garlic and onion and uh, cucumbers and herbs. Even though their particular choice of these foods is amazing because how could you replace the meat and the manna and salwa with garlic and onion? I mean, this shows you their taste. But the issue is not in the particular types of food they're requesting. The issue here we need to keep in mind is that many Israel are refusing to sacrifice. They're not even willing to give up the type of foods that they grew up with. They grew up in Egypt, eating onion and garlic and uh, cucumbers and these herbs. If they grew up in Egypt eating Big Mac or Whopper, they're going to ask for the same thing. So the issue here is not particularly the garlic and the onion and the lentils. The issue here is that they're not willing to give up even their daily habits for the sake of Allah. Why did they leave from Egypt? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought them out of Egypt to free them and to honor them and to give them the holy land which they have been promised. But freedom has a price. And entering into all of the holy land needs some work. Bani Israel, they are not willing to even give up the particular types of food they were eating, let alone work and sacrifice and pay for their freedom. So Musa told them, Go back to Egypt, you will find what you want. If you don't want the freedom, if you don't want the honor, if you don't want the holy land, go back to Egypt, go back to the life of slavery, to the life of servitude, to the life of humility, to the life of oppression, and you will find all the lentils, garlic, onion that you want. If you're not even willing to give up a small portion of your lifestyle, if you're not willing to give up a habit that you grew up with, how can you pay the price for freedom? You don't deserve freedom. If you're not even willing to change the menu, if you're not willing to change the types of food that you eat, then you don't deserve the freedom and the honor. They want the Holy Land. They want freedom. They want Fir'aun to be destroyed. They want to have the establishment, the tamkin on the earth, but they don't want to do anything. They don't want to sacrifice anything. They don't want, even want to give up their daily habits. It may sound very strange. How could such a people do this? How could they go and ask Musa, we want lentils and onion and garlic when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is providing them with men and salwa? Sounds very strange. But remember, 
Always when we're talking about these stories of Bani Israel and Musa, relate them to our situation. You're going to find that it's not very different. If you look at our situation, and remember what we said earlier, that everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned about Bani Israel, there are going to be some people from this ummah who are going to fall into the same mistake. The difference between our ummah, the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Bani Israel, is that with Bani Israel it was a general problem and it ended up causing the wrath of Allah to be on them. But with the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the problem will be with some, but there are going to be some who are continuously on the straight path. That is the difference. لا تزال طائفة من أمتي على الحق لا يذرهم من خالفهم حتى تقوم الساعة There will be a group of my ummah on the straight path any disagreement with them will not harm them until the day of judgment. And Rasulullah also says, You will follow the footsteps of the nations before you, step by step, inch by inch. Even if they enter into a hole of a lizard, you're going to follow them there. The Sahaba said, Al-Yahud wa Nasara, the Christians and the Jews, Rasulullah said, Faman idhan, who else? So there's going to be some of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu who are going to follow the footsteps of the Jews and the Christians, and there are going to be some of the Muslims who are going to learn the lesson and not commit the same mistake. Bani Israel refused to pay the price. They didn't want to give up anything for the sake of freedom and for the sake of Allah and for the sake of establishment. And we find that our situation is not very different. But Israel refused to give up the, the, the habit of eating garlic and onions and lentils. Well, we have some who are not willing to give up a football game or a basketball game and come to Salah. If the game is in the time of Salat al-Isha or Salat al-Asr or Salat al-Maghrib, I'm not going to leave the TV set and go to the masjid. I'm not going to leave. Bani Israel, at least, this was an issue of food. Here we're talking about something that doesn't harm and doesn't, I mean, doesn't benefit, but it harms. Sitting in front of the tube watching a basketball game or watching a soccer game or a football game and leaving the salah. Or another habit, you see, because we're talking about here breaking a habit. We're not even willing to break a habit for the sake of Allah. You could have uh, someone who wakes up 7.30 in the morning every day. Salat al-Fajr, the time ends by shuruq al-Shams, so it's too late to pray Fajr now. Well, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't sacrifice my sleep. I'm not going to wake up early. But you're willing, why are you waking up 7.30? Because of work. I'm willing to wake up 7.30 and sacrifice for work. But I'm not willing to wake up for Salat al-Fajr. The Salah has to be done in this specific time. If you intentionally plan to pray Salah after its time, it's unaccepted. If you intentionally plan to pray Fajr, after the time of Fajr is over, it is unacceptable Salah. Because you're doing it intentionally. It is forgiven when you're doing it with an excuse. Like you slept unintentionally or you forgot, or you were in a very extreme situation, you couldn't pray, then you can make qada, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive it. But if you intentionally plan, on a daily basis, to delay the salah until the time is over, that salah is unaccepted, because it's past the time. If we look at our situation, we find that there's a lot to learn from this story. We're not willing to give up our habits. We're talking about giving time, or giving effort, or giving money, we hold back. The religion of Allah is not something that we can take lightly because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya Yahya khudal kitaba biquwa, oh Yahya, take the book with strength. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Bani Israel, take this religion with strength. You have to take it with seriousness. Musa told his people, قَالَ أَتَسْتَبْدِلُونَ الَّذِي هُوَ أَدْنَى بِالَّذِي هُوَ خَيْرٍ do you exchange that which is better for that which is lower? How can you replace men and salwa with garlic, onion and lentils? Allah is providing you with the best and you're asking for the lowest. The Mufassirin say this could mean either one of two things. Misr means Egypt, but it can also mean land. So it would mean go to Egypt, you will find what you want. Go back to Egypt, you will find the garlic, lentils, onions, and herbs you're looking for, 
and you'll also find the oppression and the servitude and the slavery that you deserve to live under. Or the other meaning would be, Go to any country or land, you're going to find this. Mannan salwa is the special thing. But this garlic and onion and lentil, you'll find it anywhere. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and they were covered with humiliation and misery because of this. They refused. They refused to sacrifice for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made on them humility and misery. When, when Musa went to meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a tour, and we talked about Musa asking to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we talked about the conversation between Allah and Musa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa, وَمَا أَعْجَلَكَ عَنْ قَوْمِكَ يَا مُوسَى Why were you in a hurry to meet me and leave your people? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made an appointment with Musa. So Musa is very urgent to go and meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he's going in a hurry. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked Musa, وَمَا أَعْجَلَكَ عَنْ قَوْمِكَ يَا مُوسَى and what made you hasten from your people, O Musa? Musa said, He said, they are close on my footsteps, and I hastened to you, O my Lord, that you might be pleased. So Musa left his people close by, and he went to meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Musa did not leave his people alone, but he appointed his brother to be the leader in his absence. He appointed Harun. Be my uh, successor on my people. And he went to meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa what was going on. Musa did not know what was happening. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him what was happening in that same moment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Verily, we have tried your people in your absence, and a Samri has led them astray. Allah said, we are putting your people through a test, and a Samri is leading them astray. This is a man who is called a Samri from Bani Israel. He has led them astray. What did the Samri do? A Samri, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the ability to see something nobody else saw. قَالَ بَصَرْتُ بِمَا لَمْ I have seen what they were not able to see. What, what, what did he see? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was destroying Fir'aun and his army, Jibreel was there. The Mufassirin say that Jibreel, whenever he would step, or his horse would step on a piece of land, life would immediately grow up from that place, from the footstep. As Samri saw Jibreel, it's an unusual supernatural ability that the Samri had. It's a fitna. It's a trial from Allah. So a Samri went and he picked up some of that dirt from under the footsteps of the horse of Jibreel. And he kept that dirt with him. Then a Samri told Bani Israel to gather all of the gold that they have brought with them from Egypt. The woman of Egypt, the Egyptian woman, they had their jewelry with the woman of the children of Israel. The woman of the children of Israel somehow had the gold that belonged to the Egyptian woman. They were feeling guilty because of that gold. This gold doesn't belong to us, what shall we do with it? They had a feeling of guilt. As Samuel suggested that they gather all of this gold together and they burn it. And then they made out of it a calf, ajr. And what did the Samuel do? He threw that dirt that he had with him in the gold. So it was mixed with the gold and they molded out of that gold the shape of ajr, calf. Somehow that calf would make a sound khawar, which is the sound of a cow, as if it was alive. Some of the commentators of Quran say that what the Samari did, he, he made a hole throughout the inside of the animal so a wind would go in and it would make a breezing or whistling sound so the people would think it's alive. Some of them would say somehow it was a miracle and because of that dirt in it, it had some sort of life in it. It wasn't alive, but it was making some sound. It was making a sound. And this was a fitna for Ben Israel. When they saw this calf made out of gold, making this sound, 
as Samari told them, this is your God, so they started worshipping it. And they were making sujood and ibadah to the calf. They were worshipping it. Musa told his people that I'm going to be absent for how long? 30 days, because the appointment in the beginning was 30. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa, add another 10 days. Bani Israel did not know that the appointment was changed. Musa did not tell them about the change in, in, in time. So they thought it was 30 days. 30, 30 days passed, 31 days passed, 32 days passed. Where is Musa? They said, Musa forgot where his God is. He got lost. He did not know that his God is right here. Phanesia. He forgot. And that, they added another evidence. Number one is that this calf is making this special sound. Number two, Musa was said he's going to be absent for 30 days, and now he's absent for more than 30 days. They said, This is your God and the God of Musa, but he forgot. So this is the story behind the calf, and we'll get back to that in the end of the story. Sallallahu alayhi wa Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathira. For further information, please contact Al-Bashir Publications and Translations at 1-877-745-3330 or 303-574-0095. Our fax number is 303-373-0943 or visit our website at www. Dot .albashir.com That's www.al-b-a-s-h-e-e-r.com You can also write to our address at 10515 East 40th Avenue, Suite 108, Denver, Colorado, 80239-3264. All rights reserved for Al-Bashir Company for publications and translations. No part of the series may be reproduced in any form without written permission from the publisher. Unlawful reproductions may prevent Muslim businesses from further producing quality programs. Your consideration is greatly appreciated. Jazakumullahu khairan. Please proceed to the next CD.